Hello everyone out there. This is Jill and I'm back with my podcast, Gone Gone Wild. It's been a while since I've been like recorded anything for this podcast because I am busy and there's some issues in my life that I just don't care to discuss right now. But also, um, I've been recording, yes, but not liking what I've gotten. So I just keep deleting it and re-recording and changing the story. So Today is May 20th, and what I've been doing since the last time I did a podcast, well, um, nothing really. I'm home. Um, I dropped out of school. Didn't feel like going to school. Um, And also, I started going back to the movie theaters, and this last week was the third Saturday I've been to the movie theaters. So the first movie I watched was Unholy, um, which if I had to rate it, I'll give it a C for effort but it wasn't the best movie. And that movie um, is a horror movie. And basically the premise is around a girl who was, uh, I think deaf or blind, something like that, I don't know. And she um, got possessed by a demon. And at first people thought it was Mary and she was some type of prophet or healer or whatever, but turned out it was a demon and a witch actually. And then the other movie I watched was, I think it was called Man of Wrath. Wrath, 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 I don't know. Let me Google it right now. Um, what happened is this movie came out recently and it's actually a really good action packed movie. So I think it's called Wrath of Man and the person who acts in it is Jason Statham. He's this British actor who we all love from the movie Crank and a bunch of other action movies. Basically in this movie, he tries to seek revenge on about his son's death he becomes like a security guard for this um brink you know those guys who guard the money that takes they take into the bank and of course this is about greed and revenge and things like that it was a really good movie i must say okay so last week i went back and i watched um oh gosh it was a zombie movie oh let's see let me google it because i can't remember the name i think it was Um, it's a zombie movie with um, the wrestler but Batiste, Dave Batiste, um, and it was really good. It was fact, pack, uh, practically um, put together by the guy who did the remake, Dawn of the Dead, and um, it, it just was really good. It's, it's um, in Las Vegas where um, they corner the zombies in Las Vegas and kind of quarantine that area and the zombies kind of like take free reign over that part of Las Vegas, which is a strip and stuff like that. And there's a group who are going on this mission to get some money from a vault, but it turns out to be something else. He has like a really good plot twist. So that's what I've been doing is living my life vicariously through movies because I don't have shit going on with myself until I get to Germany. I'm going to Germany, folks. Um, just waiting on my visa process to be finished. Okay, so this podcast will be dedicated to dreams. Um, and I don't know why I've never had a podcast about this before, but something um, sparked me to remember a story um, that a coworker told me um, years ago. And I made a TikTok video about it and I decided, hey, this would be a really cool podcast. So I'm going to talk about dreams and dreams that seem to predict the future. They call them precognitive dreams, intuition dreams, psychic dreams, whatever you want to call them. But whatever it is, it kind of lends to telling you a story about the future. Now, dreams can provide a lot of information about your present state of mind, worries, hopes, desires, and things you'd like to happen in the future or not to happen. But can they really predict it? I mean, I don't have a true answer to this, but dreams are personal to the people who um, have them. You know, they're like a fingerprint. I mean, I don't know a lot of people who've had 
the same dream in the same manner. But generally, our dreams are like a blueprint, a, blue, a soul blueprint that we innately have that's unique to us. Now, precognitive dreaming is simply a term that you know they give to dreams that give you information about the future that you wouldn't otherwise know any other way. Say you dream about your brother who you haven't heard from in months, and then the next day he calls you. So it's almost like you're predicting the future. But also, I feel like sometimes you dream. I mean, this is just me. Sometimes when you dream things, you push that energy out into the atmosphere and you kind of maybe craft that into happening. I mean, we don't know if it would be true or not, but basically that's how I feel. Now, or maybe you woke up from a dream that worried you, scared you or whatever, and you might not have remembered the dream, but the feeling is still there. So when something does happen that causes you to feel that same way, you, um, remember the dream and you think that the dream had something to do with it or it accounted for something and now there's a lot of um examples in history such as people who said that they predicted um no like Abraham lincoln's death so about two weeks before his assassination abraham lincoln um described a recent dream to his wife and a few of his friends and he dreamed of walking through the white house until he came upon his own corpse um guarded by you know guarded and laying in the stateroom in the east room actually sorry um which is interesting so are dreams like just dreams as we know them or are they taking us to an alternate reality or shaping another reality or is it somewhere to time travel or see things okay the famous um, psychologist um, Carl June. Now, one of the founders of modern um, psychotherapy also reported several precognition dreams and experiences. One of his dreams appeared to warn him of his mother's death. He also described a series of three dreams in the early nineteen in early nineteen fourteen that involved a darkened um, Europe in the grips of a catastrophe. Many people kind of think that that is his dream leading to World War One. Okay, so, you know, that's what I have to say about that. So that's the introduction. And now I'm going to break out into the story told by me by a co-worker back in 2017. So in 2017, um, I was working a particular job that required me to work on Sundays. So um, we had two shifts. One would come in at seven o'clock on Sundays. The other would come in at one in the afternoon. I was in the early bunch, which I really liked because the work environment was calm. Um, there wasn't a lot of things going on. People were quiet and just a few people in the office. It wasn't like everybody buzzing around and shit. So um, yeah, I came into work and my coworker, he was there. His name is Tom. That's the nickname I'm going to give him. And we were talking about something. I was telling him about a dream I had. And he said, you know what? That's kind of interesting because I have one. I could tell you I didn't have it, but it's something that happened to me. And that's always made me wonder about what is out there and what is going on with dream and dreaming. And so he said that basically in 2012, he and his girlfriend was house sitting for a friend who was working overseas for a couple weeks. At that time, he was living with his mother and father. And so he was happy to have a place where he and his girlfriend could go for a few hours or every night so they could be alone because, you know, they're a young couple who wants to have that time to themselves and not having their own place is kind of frustrating in itself. So having the opportunity, they loved it. So they decided to house sit for this friend who was away. Now, the friend 
didn't uh, wanted to pay them, but they said no. The payment for them was just having that time to themselves. So they get to the house and they've been house sitting for a couple of weeks. And it happened that this happened around Thanksgiving week. So let me just say my friend Tom, he grew up in Colleen, Texas. He has a very interesting, unique cultural background because his mother is South Korean and his dad is American a white American who was stationed in Korea, met and fell in love with the mother, and then they all moved back to the States and he's lived in Killeen ever since. In fact, Killeen is like this town that's close to one of the military bases. So there's a lot of retired military people, DOD civilian contractors working over there. So I thought it was really interesting um, at that point um, because he has such a unique background and military brat he was and, you know, we were both working at the time for a military a company that worked in the military and defense so basically i um was listening to the story he said okay so i just have to say like i have a lot of friends and this is one friend he's mexican and native so he's like a mix of native um american and mexican and he grew up with him and they went to school together but after college they all um separated Tom stayed in Colleen and his friend went to Dallas and had been out there for four years when this story took place. So basically he told me that, he said, I haven't really spoken to him. Um, I've seen him on Facebook. We've liked each other's pictures, left little comments, and we don't really communicate on a daily basis because he moved out there, haven't seen him, but I know that he's okay because I keep seeing pictures on Facebook, which is like how we all communicate these days, which is okay. So um, basically uh, he said that the day before Thanksgiving, he was, um, at the house that he was sitting, which was a trailer. It was like a double white trailer. It was in this really nice trailer parks. So usually because of television and what I've learned from watching TV, I've always thought that trailer parks were trashy, like people who live there were poor and on drugs and ghetto and whatever. But he said, no, this was a really nice trailer park. These people spent really good money on their trailers and they looked like real homes and it's really nice and quiet. So his friend was telling him to stay there because, you know, there's there were a few robberies in that area so they really didn't want to chance it and he wanted people to stay in this house so it looks like it's been occupied so um that was why and sam didn't i mean tom didn't seem to care about any of that he just wanted to spend time with his girlfriend at the house so the day before thanksgiving they get back to the house in the afternoon and they do what they usually do and they fell asleep um, he said that he and his girlfriend used to sleep in the living room on a block mattress because they didn't want to sleep on their friend's bed, even though the friend said it was okay. They kind of wanted to stay in the living room. So he used to blow up the mattress every night and take it down at the end of, uh, in the morning. So he said he remembered that mo that that afternoon, well, evening, his girlfriend was showering and he went and blew up the fucking air mattress that was just giving him a hard time. So it took him like 30 minutes because something was wrong with the pump. And so they fell asleep um, that night and he wakes up to a call and he noticed that his friend who he hasn't heard from or seen in four years was calling so he answered and was wondering what the hell was going on and his friend was like very calm and collected on the phone and asked him how he was doing where are you and things like that and 
Tom was like um sleeping in my friend's house. Like, what do you want? Sorry, I don't mean to meet, seem rude, but it's like midnight. He said, okay, listen. The friend on the other side, his friend was in Dallas. Let's just call him Dallas. Dallas said, um, hey, I know this might sound weird, but wherever you are, I want you to leave there right now and go somewhere else. I know it, just do it. Um, I will explain once you get out of there. So they went back and forth on the phone and then the girlfriend wakes up and he tells his girlfriend and they were like, okay, we'll leave and go to Tom's mother's house, which is where they used to stay anyway. Well, while driving back to Tom's mother's house, Dallas is still on the phone with him and said, okay, you're going to think I'm weird, but earlier tonight I had this dream um, about you. I was watching TV and I fell asleep and I could hear like the TV in the background as I faded into this dream and all of a sudden I felt like I was floating over a house and the house didn't have any roof on and at the time I could see a girl in the bedroom like on the phone and then I looked in the living room and I saw you I, you're the only one I noticed and I saw you like stomping on the floor like repeatedly and very aggressively and you just kept doing this and eventually I woke up out of the dream but what was crazy about that dream was that I had this feeling that something terrible was about to happen and I had that dream around nine o'clock last night and it just nagged me and nagged me until I woke up and called you. And so that's what I was telling you to leave the, the house or wherever you are because I'm scared that something might happen. So Tom was like, okay, you know, um, that's fine. We'll go to the mother's house, but you know, thanks for calling or whatever. Hopefully it is nothing really serious. So Tom and his girlfriends back at the mother's house, they wake up the next day and the next day is Thanksgiving. And literally, um, the owner of the house calls Tom and asks him where he was. And he said, well, we're at our mom's house um, last night. We kind of left your home, your house at like midnight and came over here. He didn't explain why he did it. He just said he had to come to his mother's house. So he was like, the owner of the house was like, well, thank God, because um, somebody actually broke into the house you know, stole like a few things. And before they left the property, they started shooting at the bedroom um, window and where the area of the house where the bedroom was. And that woke my neighbor up who then called the cops at like three o'clock in the morning and then called me. So Tom was like very shocked by this because it was just like mind blowing to him because his friend Dallas in Dallas told him to leave the house, but couldn't really say why. He just said he had a dream and it felt really off. And so when he conveyed this to me, he said, listen, I won't disagree with what you've experienced because that experience in itself has really opened my eyes. I can't say I believe every story that people come and bring to me, but there's something about this. There's something there because if he did not wake us up that night, I would have been in that house and me and my girlfriend could have been killed or harmed or whatever, or even just have a really bad situation, even if we weren't harmed and wind up with PTSD and all these trauma. And so I'm just like, wow, this is interesting. Um, this is an interesting area to look into because the reason why I took Tom's story very seriously is because Tom is like a no nonsense guy, big guy, manly guy. and you know, he don't believe in things like this. And so I remember asking him about his friend and he said, listen, my friend, when he called, he was able to tell me about the house that I was staying in. He gave me the exact layout. And basically he literally told me what we we're doing a few hours before, which is when I was stamping on the floor repeatedly, that was me stamping on the pump for the 
inflatable mattress because it wasn't working that well. So I kept stomping on it and I had to do that for a good 30 minutes before it was blown up. And then we went to bed. So that dream, um, which I will call a predictive or um, a dream of intuition kind of changed him in some ways. Now, the concept of um, precognitive dreams, you know, dreaming about events or experience that haven't yet occurred, but later takes place in reality goes against our more basic understanding of time and and, um, relativity. If time is linear and we learn see and feel through experience then precognitive dreams simply cannot be legit and this is what i'm trying to say yet we um, generally place a lot of importance on our dreams and often treat the content and measures in our dreams as more credible than similar simply walking through it so even though (laughs) we shouldn't this shouldn't really be. We shouldn't really believe in this. We still have a tendency to treat our dreams with very with seriousness, some of us. And this tendency applies to precognitive dreams to which uh, might explain why we all get a little frazzled from personal experiences such as deja vu, why mediums ran for seven, well, medium, the show, I don't know if you remember medium, it ran for seven seasons and why millions of people follow like the precognitive precognitive and divine dreaming of Solomon, Joseph, and Muhammad. So it is actually really interesting. So with him, I thought that was just like the best thing I've ever, like, I feel like when I had precognitive dreams, it was always easy to question my reality because I could always say that basically what was happening to me um, was based on my own making, like, like in my reality, in my awakened state, there were clues there that I wasn't paying attention, but my subconscious picked up those clues and gave it to me in a dream. And so I never really, even though things like that would happen, I never really believe my dreams per se. I tend to think that, you know, it kind of was just like a coincidence, even though it happened quite often. Now, the latest one that I had, happened to me in the end of April this year. And I don't know where this one came from. And it seems odd. Like, let me just say this. I do not drive. I don't own a vehicle and I haven't driven a vehicle since 2017. And before that, the last time I drove a vehicle was 2012. So I'm not a big driver. And basically because I've been away for so long, living in a place where cars and vehicles aren't really necessary, um yeah i don't drive i do have a driver's license so let me tell you um in the beginning end of april early may i had this dream that me and my cousin went to get fuel for her vehicle so she recently bought a lexus like suv a big bigger car she upgraded from um what do you call those things uh acura vehicle to a Lexus SUV. And I thought that was a bit pointless, but I didn't see anything wrong with her car, I'll be honest with you. Brand new, she treats her vehicles like really good. So, but, so basically, um, she gets this car and then she starts bitching about fuel prices. And yeah, as soon as she gets the car in January, fuel goes up. And I remember like a few Sundays, we'll go off to, um, we'll go off to the gas station at Costco because that's the place where it has the cheapest fuel where we live at. And so at Costco, we generally um, 
just sat, sit in line on Sunday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, get the fuel and we move along our business, our life. But sometimes, and most of the times when we go there because the fuel is so cheap, there is so many people who actually um, are at this gas station and it can be a, a hectic thing when you're trying to get in there because it's a tight squeeze. So anyway, um, so there we are sitting in the vehicle and this is the dream. And we're like sitting there quiet and um, I was like, what is going on here? People start arguing and um, they are arguing at the pump. They're like fighting and it's like six vehicles away from us. So we're in the back, so we're not close to it. Then all of a sudden, like two people like started fighting physically and another person pulls out the gas pump and start pouring it all over. And it got so, it turned into the, this big brawl and we were watching at first like, oh my God, this is some drama in the streets. Then we got kind of worried about it and we decided then, um, yeah, we might have to leave here. And we drove out of there really quickly and there was like a mini explosion. But all I remember was the shock of seeing people fight at the gas station. And it was more, I don't know why they were fighting. A week or so, and I wrote that down in my dream journal because I was trying to journal my dreams. I'm trying to be very proactive about journaling my dreams. So, um, yeah, I wrote it down in my dream journal and I put fight at gas station. A week after, there's the event of um, these hackers, Russian hackers, like messing up the fuel line or pumps or whatever on the East Coast. And fuel was literally um, running out because people were hoarding it. And I guess after that, I saw like this news report of people fighting at the gas station that looks eerily similar to what I dreamt when people were fighting in my dream over the over the fuel pump when we're at Costco. Now this was happening on the East Coast and we live on the West Coast and I remember I did tell my cousin about this dream and then she started laughing and I said you you see what's happening now with um the uh, people fighting at the gas station and I said am I a psychic or what I just said that as um I was just saying that as a way to um, just be funny, but she kind of looked at me funny like, yeah, and she started telling me these stories and showing me videos of people actually fighting at the gas pump. And so I thought that was a very interesting thing to share in terms of the conversation that we're having. So I was um, on BBC and I found this six minute and 30 second clip of them explaining why our dreams could be the key to time traveling. Because like I said in earlier, um, good historical example was when Abraham Lincoln said he had a dream where he was walking into the White House and he saw his dead corpse laying in wait, um, being guarded because he died. Um, and I started to wonder if maybe he had time traveled in his dream. So this is a very interesting piece of information I got from the BBC. And you might hear like a few commercials in here. Have you ever gone to sleep Listen. and had a dream about something? Only for it to then actually happen in reality. This is a phenomenon known as precognition, a knowledge or perception of the future obtained through extrasensory means. Although precognition is often dismissed as simply chance, 
an interesting new scientific perspective is emerging that could change our understanding of the relationship between consciousness, dreams, and time. The idea that dreams can predict the future has been a part of human culture since the beginning of civilization. In the oldest story ever recorded, the Epic of Gilgamesh, which was written around 2100 BC in ancient Mesopotamia, many of the dreams experienced by the tale's heroes Gilgamesh and Enkidu serve as premonitions of future events. Jumping forward to the 20th century, Carl Jung, one of the founding fathers of modern psychology, spent many years of his academic career researching this phenomena, calling it synchronicity. Jung began to develop his study into synchronicity after a meal at his house with Professor Einstein, whose theory of relativity came to him in a dream, in which he began to think of a relativity of time as well as space and their psychic conditionality. Precognition is now studied scientifically by a growing number of academics across the world. Dr. Stanley Krippner, professor of psychology at Saybrook University in Oakland, California, has been studying this phenomena since the 1960s. Now, in summary, what we did was to have a dreamer go to sleep and try to dream about a picture that would be randomly selected the next day. After eight nights of these experiments, we had outside evaluators try to match his responses with the correct picture, if you're following me. And, of chance, he just right maybe one out of eight times. No, he was right six out of eight times. This is statistically significant. Now following on from his research, Dr. Julia Mosbridge has most recently advanced studies within this field. I think the research that I've done that is most convincing to people is the work that I've done on taking a group of 26 different studies that looked at how the body changed in preparation for a future event. And in these experiments, the future event is randomized. So for instance, the future event could be, you look at a computer screen and there's a picture of someone with a gun pointing it at you. Or the future event could be you look at a computer screen and there's a nice little pastoral image with some flowers. Those give very different responses after people see them, but what the study shows is that they give very different responses before people see them, even though they don't know what event they're about to see. And I think to me that relates back to dreaming because that's a completely unconscious process. Most people don't control what's in their dreams, it just happens to you. Quantum physics is providing insights into how the very nature of the universe is far stranger than we ever believed. Discoveries like quantum entanglement, two points in space separated over a vast distance reacting simultaneously, and retrocausality, a reversing of cause and effect, have begun to seriously question our current understanding of time and space. Quantum retrocausality is this idea that effects from the future, things that we normally think of as effects from the future, could actually be causes for the present. In a way, sort of forming a loop. And there's lots of people right now in physics who are studying causal loops or time loops to try to understand how that might work. If there was any way of transcending time and space, perhaps the most complex machine in the universe, the human brain, would be the way to do it. 
I think of precognition as mental time travel. If you're having a memory of the future, just like you have a memory of the past, that's like information coming from a quantum state in the future and then going to the past. Now it's become a memory of the past, but it's also potentially that you're then causing a different state in the future. Time is very poorly understood. Hypothetically, it's possible that we could travel back and forth in time, either in our dreams or in other states of consciousness. Time is very complicated, and time might not be the same all over the galaxy. It might not even be the same for an individual. A time approach during dreaming might be very different than time during logical waking thinking. During dreaming, we might enter into a area of consciousness where time simply behaves differently. Perhaps one way of viewing time is like water in a river, with the start and end of the stream connected as one entity, despite being in different places. But why are many scientists so quick to dismiss precognitive dreams as a result of rationalistic probability? The answer may be that the origins, abilities, and so I'm coming to the end of this podcast and I'm going to start off with the other part. I'm going to pause it and start the other part and make it into a two part. So basically I am back on talking about dream and cognition. So I was letting you guys listen to a six minute video. I'm down to the last minute of this video and it's called why our dreams could be the key to time traveling. Now this is on the BBC and I thought this was really interesting because I, before um, finding this piece of clip, I actually thought this in some sense that dreams are linked in some ways to an alternate time that we could see. Um, and let me finish it and then we could get back to the Functions of consciousness itself remain science's elephant in the room, still labeled as the hard problem. The skepticism is being tempered with data now. So if things went from you were a bit of a scientific heretic if you even asked the question is this stuff real and now i do a lot of work trying to help people understand that even if their first gut instinct is this doesn't make sense that's just because we don't understand human capacities as much as we will in the future okay so that's the end of that programming that i just listen to and basically saying why our dreams could be key to time travel now this is a phenomenon known as precognition like i said a knowledge or perception of the future obtained through extrasensory means although precognition is often dismissed as simply chance an interestingly new scientific perspective is emerging that could change our understanding of the relationships between consciousness dream and time now i am not an expert i don't know a lot about quantum physics and theories like that i don't even understand my own consciousness we don't even understand to this day why we dream and how these dreams happen and how do people get um precognitive dreams um, but I do know that it happens to me very often and I would like to think that, you know, more people um, have these dreams than not. Like, 
until I heard this um, story from Sam, which I shared earlier, I thought that maybe it's just something that would happen to me and a few others. But I feel like a lot of people have dreams and feelings that aren't like um, easy to understand or explain. They're just um, things that we just cannot understand because we is not a reality yet. Now, in the past few weeks, I've been listening and watching TikTok. I mean, I know, I'm be honest with you, whoever created TikTok really created like something terrible because no, you know, I never did this with Facebook or Instagram. Um, I was very much able to resist those social media um, apps. I will get on there a few times a day for a second or two and then get off and I will be happy with that. But when it comes to TikTok, I get sucked in because they're very good at kind of predicting what you want to watch. Now, I'm the kind of person who likes to watch things like precognition, you know, witches, paranormal things, scary stories, and of course, things about making money at home, savings, investing. And so I have like a mismatch of things. And of course, some funny things here and there or news, like serious things that, you know, we could say serious or things are happening in the world. Um... So I'm stuck on TikTok and I found quite a few videos and interesting things that I just can't get enough of when it comes to TikTok. Now, when it comes to the dream and the precognition, people are going to say, oh my God, it is utter bullshit. Um, uh, or, you know, other things. But I think that there's some truth to all of this. And I kind of want to believe that... Um, our dreams are some kind of cast into the future but you know i think of it like this so a few years ago i was watching a tv show that came out on amazon prime it's it's an itv like british tv show and it was like five or six episodes and i didn't really want to watch it because i didn't think it was going to be good because i was judging the book by the cover but basically this tv show um had um this running storyline about a lady who had bought this home in the countryside in England. Young girl, she and her husband, and she had a son or whatever, and they were spending the time renovating it and stuff, stuff like that. Now, she started to feel like there's something in the house that was haunted and there's ghosts in the house. And so when you first watch the first episode or so, you start to realize, okay, the house is haunted. But then when you flip the script and you go into they went into this other story that went all the way back to like 1836 or 1714 or whatever in England, the peasants living in this house. And so you see who were, who lived in the house shortly after it was built, which was this family. And they were having their experiences in the house. And then they kept thinking that the house was haunted. So now in 1714 or whatever, they kept thinking that the house is haunted. Now, this is before World War One as well. And so when they kept thinking the house is haunted they never really saw the ghost but they kept hearing things seeing things moving things like that and by the end of this tv show you learn that the two families the one from the 1780 whatever and the one from 2018 were kind of existing on some kind of weird timeline that made them cross each other and because they weren't in that exact reality or the exact time the people in the past was thinking that they were being haunted by ghosts 
And the people in the future were thinking they were being haunted by whoever lived in the house. But the reality is that the reality kept merging. And while they're thinking they're seeing ghosts, they're kind of seeing each other. So the scene that kind of set it off for me and made me thought that this was interesting was the fact that one night, the girl, this is, you know, they're wearing petticoats and shit. So she got upset with her husband and she left the house and she started running down the road crying or whatever. And the husband comes behind her and all of a sudden they see this bright light, very bright light. And this is back in 1714 and there's no bright light like that unless it's a spaceship from wherever. And then the camera switches to the bright light so the bright light was actually a, a mercedes-benz driving down that road and the person driving the car in 2018 saw an image of a girl lady walking in this old corset thing pale as a ghost she, and she's saying that she's thinking that she saw a ghost and she runs off the road and hits a tree she doesn't die but seeing this image of this woman walking at the side of the street scared her because she's thinking she saw a ghost and the ghost is thinking he saw a ghost so yeah it was weird how the timeline kind of merged together um and what you know and just like i said the example of abraham lincoln have lincoln who had the dream that you know he had um he um saw his body laying in state um, two weeks before he died, he walked in and saw it. And I felt like this story feels like he had time traveling to the future two weeks. Another story that I found on TikTok was interesting and it always made me think. And time traveling, the layers of our reality has always kind of been there in the back of my mind and is waking, is opening like slowly. So there's a story on TikTok where this guy said that when his grandmother was alive, like, a, a few, you know, so his grandmother was alive and one day she was in the living room and she turns around and she saw these like shadowy stuff, like these people come into the living room and then ran out. And so when her grandson came, she's like, I think I just saw a ghost. And so she was like, oh, this is just so odd. Like, the people come in, look at her. She didn't, couldn't see who they were. And then she saw that they left the room. And so she said, oh, it's a ghost like moving around. So, you know, they were like, oh, whatever. We've been in the house forever. It hasn't been haunted. Okay. A few years after the grandmother dies and the boys were in the living room and the grandmother, she's not there anymore. So they went to the kitchen to get something and came back. And it just happened that the chair that the grandmother used to sit in they saw a ghost of their grandmother sitting there. She looks back and the guys saw her, screamed and ran away. So you see what's happening here. Like there, and so the guy who was telling the story said, um, are we the ghost or is grandma the ghost? Because she swear to God that she had this dream, this, she saw ghosts, a few ghosts and described it in a similar manner years before she died. And so they saw their grandmother sitting in the chair and it was almost like they started remembering what she said. And I'm trying to figure out if <laughs> this timeline thing, dreaming, time travel, and telling the future is somehow linked to each other. And I think it is to some extent. Um, uh, I guess, you know, that's all I could really give for this particular podcast at this time. 
Um, I will leave you with one more story about the dreaming and the dreams that I've had. So uh, the first dream I had, this is not too bad. I was 18 years old. I had left home. And I think I told this story many times. I was staying with my grandmother. And one night I had this weird dream that um, my mom was sick. She was working at this place. Um, she came to work, wasn't feeling well. She just like had a flu or something. And basically because of that, she was working at a factory and she kind of was like kind of disoriented and she burnt her arm. And so she, her employer sent her home and told her to go to the doctor because it doesn't seem like she's well. So she calls her aunt who comes and picks her up and takes her to the hospital. While at the hospital doing all the tests, they told her, well, you are having signs of having the flu. We're gonna give you something for that. But we did a checkup on your heart. You have like a very weak heartbeat. Um, we'll have to take care of that. And so you have to stay in the hospital for a few days. So I woke about the dream and I remember feeling like it imparted such strong emotions in me that I couldn't forget it. It didn't seem like just a dream. And so, Went to work that day and I didn't tell anyone. And the afternoon when I got home, my first, my boyfriend, I went to visit him and I told him about the dream because it just like, I felt like something was telling me to tell somebody, like you had to say something about this dream to get it off of your mind. So I told my boyfriend the dream that afternoon. After I left him and went back to my um, home where I was staying at with my grandmother, I walked in the door my grandmother said, um, your mother just called and I'm sorry, but she was sick today and she went to the hospital. Your aunt took her to the hospital and she is actually staying overnight there because she's having uh, some heart issues. Basically she has like um, a weak heart or something like that. And they're going to like look into it and hopefully it's good that she went to the hospital at that time because they could kind of take care of it now instead of waiting until later. So. I thought that was interesting that I had that dream because it happened in the same manner. My mom was sick. She had the flu. She burned her arm. She went to the hospital. The only difference is it wasn't my mom who had the heart problem. It was my aunt. And my aunt kind of was like a mother to me all this time. And I don't know what I thought about it, but that was one of the first weird things that's happened. And this is why now I keep a dream diary. And I try to write down as much things I can remember, uh, like list of things that happen in dreams. I remember conveying a few dreams um, to a friend that I met a few years ago. And she told me, she couldn't really say what it was about the obsessive amount of um, precognitive dreams that I had, because I have so many of them. She just said that, you know, maybe you'll be very good at being a remote viewer. At the time, I didn't know what a remote viewer was. And perhaps I'll talk about that on some other podcast, but she told me that and I was like, oh, that's when I really started to think that maybe there's more to this. Maybe it's something special about my capabilities or maybe I'm just too full of myself and it's just hoping that I'm special in some way when I'm really not. And this is a b ability that everyone has. And I do think that everyone has this particular ability. Um, 
I think that's the end of my podcast for today. I hope that I provided you guys enough information about the weird things that's happened to me and the story that I told and the idea of precognitive dreams and how it kind of tells the future and also maybe it's a time traveling mechanism that we just haven't figured out yet. Anyway, this is the end of my podcast. I'm glad that someone's listening, hopefully. But this will be published today um, or tomorrow, May 21st. And let's see what this weekend is going to bring. And look out for my other podcast coming next month.